temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Intensity. Hearing it from the fans again. This is what the NHL wanted to avoid when they offered $1 million to the the winner. (laughs) You know, Nikita makes 9.5 a year. And there's a nice little wave to the crowd. Clearly not his jam. Clearly not Nikita Kucherov's uh, idea of a good time is showcasing his skills. Uh, so I don't know why he agreed to take part in the uh, skill showcase of the NHL All-Star Weekend. But that's where we are at. That's the reality that we live in. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer here with you. Special guest Josiah Leroy here with you guys as well as the NHL All-Star Game All-Star game is taking place. The Pro Bowl is taking place. Oh, just what a great time for games that don't matter, that players don't want to try at. This is the greatest week of sports history, I'll tell you that, everyone. I was going to insert a Sabres joke there, but I didn't want to be any lower on them than I already am. So, I mean, let's do it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off here. Do it. No, you just, Kermit meme. Do it. I was going to say players who aren't trying. That's not fair. This team's yeah, no, trying. The, 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 the players are trying. Yeah, so, so it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have it worked. Would, it would have been inaccurate. Okay. For sure. It, it was been, my natural instinct. And it it would have been as accurate as Puxastani Phil. Okay. I get it. Who? We'll get to that later. I was a gopher. We'll get to that later. All right. We'll get to that later. But uh, this, is, uh, this is more about the Sabres. And to me... It's at the All-Star break. They're not where they wanted to be. They're not where they're supposed to be, I think, in their in terms of their progression. You're looking at a team that is sixth in the division, 22, 23, and 4. So, like, they're kind of – I'm not going to say they're on a similar projection than they were last year, but it's close. And they ended up going on a tear to end the season. The only difference now is, is that everyone else is getting points. They're 10 points out of fifth. In the Atlantic, which fifth place in the Atlantic is good enough for a wild card spot, but that's 10 points. That's a lot. And one of those teams is just the bane of all evil in the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Who they, has only three wins more than the Sabres, but they lose in the way that rewards them in the NHL. They, they also win in the ways that reward them as well. The Sabres, you just mentioned, they have three less wins total than the Toronto Maple Leafs. They also have four more wins in regulation and in regulation than Toronto has. Four more. Isn't that crazy? It's stupid. Think about that. The the Leafs are point merchants. Yeah. They garner all these loser points. The problem is, so does Boston. They have nine regulation losses, nine overtime losses. 
Listen, I, I'm not and the problem here. and the problem is when you have these overtime losses, it boosts the rest of the league. And the Sabers are not good at getting to overtime. They are not good at winning in overtime if it happens. You want to know why? The Sabers have only two wins in overtime out of six. They're two and four. And that includes one shootout loss. They've only been to the shootout once this year. Not a lot of teams have been to a bunch of shootouts this year, but they've lost their only opportunity in a shootout. There's only one other team like that, and that's Winnipeg, that lost their only shootout opportunity. Oh, sorry, New Jersey. So there's two other teams like that. Vancouver's lost two shootouts. Calgary's lost four. But they've been there four different times. Calgary losing in the shutouts as many times as Buffalo's gone to overtime or lost in overtime or a shootout. Like, it's just, you got to be able to collect points. And they're not doing a great job of that. It's either all or nothing with this team. And sometimes the nothing is bad. That When they lose, sometimes they lose bad. Lately, they haven't done that. Lately, it has been close losses. Lately, it has been kind of getting back on track in a sense. They are... As Paul Hamilton had pointed out the last time that we spoke with him, they were on a projection over the last, over this past month of being a playoff team. So it seems like they're kind of finding their groove. The problem is they were finding their groove with Jack Quinn back in the lineup. And Jack Quinn in that last game against the, against the Sharks, he goes out with an injury. He has surgery. He's going to be out for most of the rest of the season. And that stings. Because that's a player that had transformed your line of Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn back into what it was a year ago and gave the Sabres another viable threat to be able to deal with better matchups. Don Granado says it on the morning show with Jeremy and Joe all the time that if you have a third line like that that can challenge a defensive third pairing, that's a big deal. It's a matchup nightmare. It's something that he acknowledges that third pairings are typically bad. When it comes to that. And if you've got a deep forward core that is able to challenge a third pairing. Let's look at it from Buffalo's side. Are are you scared of a team that has depth when you have to trot out Clifton and Johnson together? Yes, I'm terrified of that. Because I have to deal with Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson defending against a team that has three scoring lines. Terrified of that. Nightmare fuel. Depth has been their issue for a long time, right? If go back to they, they've had some high end talent. If you even talk about Jack Eichel and Ryan O'Reilly and even a Vander Kane to a, a point there, uh, they had nothing past that really. So last year they established a relatively strong or at least a high potential top nine or even at the very least a better middle six. You have that Jack Quinn, you know, has surgery over the summer. That that's a little bit of uh, a disappointment. And we saw how much they missed him. I had assumed, really, that Dylan Cousins was the driver of that line most of last year. With Jack Quinn not being there, look what happened to the really the entire lineup. Mama's wrong again. Yeah. 
And I mean, JJ has had a, a very good season. He's taken that next step for what I would hope to see from him. Um, gone, he went a little bit cold there in the middle. But this team is different with Jack Quinn in the lineup. So to see him out for what eight weeks here, right? Yeah, that's going to take us basically to the end of the season. And uh, I mean, it's February already, so they're they're ten points out. Is it going to matter even if he gets back in time? I'm going to say probably not. No, this is unfortunately a lost season for them, and I'm not going to say a wasted season, but it's definitely lost one you do have three players that are kind of performing at or above projections uh casey middlestat leads this team with 42 points there is a decision to make on him but he's a pending restricted free agent you still have control jj paterka we were just mentioning he has taken that next step and i would say he's probably one of the few players that you can really look at and go okay that's someone that's playing above or at what we were hoping for this year uh, Middlestat was Middlestat's been Middlestat, forty-two points, forty-nine games, pretty consistent overall. The other is Ukopakalukinen, the player none of us really expected to be someone to step up as goalie one on this roster, and all of a sudden, hey, look at that! That's a third player you can go ahead and hang your hat on this year and go, okay, not everything's lost. It has been a disappointment. It has been a failure, even in some ways, a failure to launch. And I do think that that has something to say about Kevin Adams. The GM has been oftentimes, I don't want to say scared. That's not a characteristic you should have as a general manager. I don't think he is. It's just he is sometimes a little more precautious with his handling of the roster, whether it's having too many defensemen on here or carrying three goalies for the longest time for the latter part of two years now. It seems like that he doesn't like to have to make the tough decisions. He wants to value having people here that want to be here, and I understand that. But sometimes you're not going to have room for everybody. And that included Eric Comrie, who had been sent back down to Rochester and to the point where he didn't trust him to play one game. Levi gets sent down to Rochester, plays in, plays for the Amherst for a night, and then gets called right back up. That tells you they don't trust Eric Comrie to do anything at this team anymore. And at that point, I would find a way to waive him. And not just waive him, but like tell him not to report to Rochester, give him an opportunity to play somewhere else if there's going to be NHL minutes involved. But now they're finally realizing, yeah, we're going to have the youngest uh, goalie tandem in the league, but we can't be scared of that anymore. And it has been Ukopekalukunin's net, and he's earned it. And I'm so happy that he has... But it also shows a failure of vision. You expected a college kid to come in here and play over his head. And that hasn't happened. And now you're going ahead and I'm not going to say it's you're paying the price for it, but he hasn't been as you'd hoped. And that's the part that's tough. And I'm okay with that. You know, to a degree. Obviously, going into this season, I think they needed to. It's easy in hindsight now to say they they should have had a better plan, right? But I'm okay with some of the stumbles for Levi because I still ultimately think he's there. He's at least part of a tandem, if not your number one guy. I mean, goodness gracious, we're even talking about him being in the Olympics possibly in a few years. Awesome. Uh, but UPL has been a really pleasant surprise for me. He seems to really get in a groove when he starts more. And it's funny because in this day and age in the NHL, you have your your tandems, right? You, you think of Olmark and Swayman as the, the best example of that. Two guys who give you a chance to, to win every single night at, at a high level. Two top 10 goalies. Um, maybe they have that one day. But right now, UPL does better 
when he plays a little bit more old school, like a goalie who might play 60, 65 games a year. So it's kind of interesting to see how that has panned out. But I'm really happy to see he seems like he's in a good spot mentally, and he has given them a better chance to win. And I believe still to this day, um, or at least as of last week, if you go back to December 3rd, the Sabres were third in the league in goals against the average in that in that time. So they're not scoring as much as they need to, but hey, that, that that's one thing to hang your hat on here. It hurts because you think about it and go, if we got this year's goaltending injected into the last year's team, they're not even the eighth seed. They're probably playing someone else, not Boston. Like It's not just, oh, you made the playoffs by one point. No, you're probably making it, well, a little more comfortably, I should say. They're probably top three in their division. I, I would say they're they're challenging probably Tampa for number three, I agree. absolutely. But so that would mean you're playing Toronto. Give me that series all day, baby. Toronto for some reason's cursed against us. Like give me that playoff matchup. If, uh, obviously last year and hypothetically speaking, of course, I'm a sad panda. But how fun would that be, though? Oh my god, yes. Oh and my god, especially gosh. with Toronto's lack of track record against Buffalo. That's, that's the part that I. That's the part that's the dream. Knowing that they are not very good against the Sabers, no matter how good either of these teams are doing. The problem is we're now at basically a generation of Sabers fans, to a degree, have not seen playoff action. So yes. to get a series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that would wake the, everyone right up. The Sabers elevate their game so much, and to create that rivalry again, sign me up all day. So now, now comes the question of what? What do we have to do? And here's the thing. Paul Hamilton said this with me the last time he was on Sports Talk Saturday, and I agree with this 100%. You can't fire anyone yet. Yet. You have to give Kevin Adams an offseason to rectify the the inaction overall and let him have a chance to swing and get somebody. Get an upgrade for this roster. Because every time that you've seen him make a trade, it has often been times either a low piece or a sell. He grabbed Jordan Greenway for pennies, and that's great. He's been a nice roster addition for uh, for the price, and I do like having him there as my as a as a middle six guy. But that's it when it comes to ads, like that's the list. Other than that, it's been what signing Eric Comrie and Eric Johnson Clifton. and Connor Clifton, and oh yeah, he signed Taylor Hall and Derek Stahl. Different time, for what it's worth. Keep Kevin away from the free agents. Uh, <laughs> For but, sure, for sure, and that Jack Eichel's here. There's a little urgency to get that done, right? Like to, yes. to get a, uh, some sort of. And there was of, the connection with the coach for Taylor Hall, uh, and it made sense at the time. I'm fine with that. All of those swings and misses there. Yes, they made sense. But it's also make a swing in a trade to get a roster upgrade. The last time you actually went and grabbed a significant player was Jeff Skinner for an acquisition. Like yeah, the Ryan O'Reilly. Trade yielded Tage, but like when it comes to acquisitions for the strict purpose of adding to this team and upgrading it, I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Skinner. The you, last time that you saw the Sabres really so, sought out a player to actually acquire to better the team for in a trade. I think that's fair. I think you, you could make the argument with Tuck, even though Eichel's the best player in that deal, right? He but, is. No, that's that's a you're trading the best player. You're hoping that the return can be matched. Tuck has done his part, but Krebs hasn't. Krebs has not. He's been a train wreck this year. He's been. It's not that he's a train wreck. He's also miscast. He's giving I, you nothing. He's giving you nothing, but that's also the role. He's not a winger. He can't play wing. It's not like they tried it. It's failed. That's okay. The problem is... Middlestat, Thompson, Cousins. 
But wouldn't you argue even last year? I mean, they had. It's funny to think now they had the best fourth line really in the NHL in some of those advanced metrics with Gergensen, Zoposo, and Krebs. I loved that role that he carved out for himself. We're not getting any of that this year. You're getting the defensive metric stills. You still are getting that side of the ice. The problem is, is when he's skating with the Gergensens, the Eric Robinsons, and the Kyle Posos of this team, that's not a lot of skill to pass to. That's not a lot of talent on your wings that you can utilize in an offensive role. So it's I'm looking at Peyton Krebs as almost this missed opportunity of a prospect that you've traded for. And the minute he plays for another team, he will flourish because he has the skill set to do so. He has embraced his role, which I'm happy about, but I do think that he has been miscast. And that's not his fault. That I wouldn't even say is Don Granado's fault. It's he can't play wing. So where do you, where do you see him, let's say, next year, right? Like, we assume we're not getting Gergensen's and Oposo back. Maybe a few other of those bottom six guys that really just drag down the depth chart of this team. Let me answer that question with another question. What do you think this team does with Casey Middlestad? Again, pending RFA, you can get a lot for the player. But I am also of the like of, if you are still a developing team, you want to keep players that are in their mid-20s around well, I think there's two two options. I, I think we agree at this point, Mitzi is a guy we want on this roster moving forward, yes? Yes. Okay. Casey Milstad's a player you should be keeping. He's 25 years old. He is he very consistent for you at this point. And the thing is, is that the production's there now. It's matching now. These last two years, he's been very steady for you. He's on track for a career year. He's a beast on the puck and off the puck. He's the guy that you... It's better. It's turned out better than we thought it could, I think, after that first year. But he's also prone to some bad turnovers, particularly in his own end. He is. So there is this measuring stick you have to look at. You just saw Sean Monahan, a pending UFA, fetch you a first-round pick and a third. Absolute fleecing for Montreal, by the way. Sean Monahan is not the kind of player that Casey Middlestad is projecting to be. But you don't give up on players that are starting to show form. Winnipeg's all in. That's a different situation, too. Winnipeg's all in, but you can get a team desperate for a player like a Casey Middlestad, and the price gets driven up more because he's an RFA. But you need players back. That's the part that I'm talking about of grabbing a roster player and finding an upgrade. You're not going to get that at the trade deadline this year. The question is, what are you going to do with him? The decision has to be made now. Yeah, it's still RFA. He's still restricted free agent. But if you're going to trade him, it better not be for picks and prospects. It better be for something concrete that can, that can contribute to the NHL roster. That, to me, means if you're going to move Casey Middlestat, you better give me a defenseman that solidifies the top four of this team for years to come. Listen, no one's untouchable, right? I'm not trading Casey Middlestat at this point. I can see Adams doing one of two things. I can see doing the Sam Reinhart bridge deal. It's kind of kept getting them, and it wasn't even a bridge deal in some cases. It was just these one-year deals, really, that kept getting them in trouble. But And by the time it was too late, Reinhardt was like, yeah, I'm done. And look what he's doing now in Florida. Um, on the flip side, I can see, as history may suggest, Adam's giving a longer-term deal, but I don't think there's a premium that you have to pay. Maybe it's somewhere in the ballpark of, I don't know, am I off base here? Four and a half to five million dollars over five seasons. I think that's a very fair contract. You have Tage and and a few others who are getting paid more, and I think you can't you can't get into that neighborhood with what you're going to pay Casey Middlestat. They they kind of set almost like an internal cap it 
if you will. Darlene's a unicorn, right? He's different. He's going to get paid as he, as he did. The market was going to dictate that yep. one no matter what. For sure. Owen Power, it, it makes sense. There's a there's a little bit of a bet on him. But Tage and Dylan, your top two centers getting $7 million a season. You know Casey's not coming near that. So I think if you, if you can get him anywhere for, for five, five and a half, I think he also takes that deal, by the way. So now you're going to get him well into probably you know his prime. He's, he's 25 now, so you get him until he, he's about 30, 31. That would be the deal that I would want as a Sabres fan for Casey Middlestad. Yeah, and that's a fair one because you're not tying too much into the forward core, into the center core. But then that, again, leaves the question of what are you doing with Peyton Krebs at that point? Is there a luxury good at this point? Uh, what are you doing with these other prospects? Like Matt Savoy is a center. Is he touching this roster? I don't know. Uh, Yuri Kulik, Isaac Ruzin. Those are players that you need to think about here as either future Sabres or pieces to use in an upgrade to make this roster better. And that is something I want to give Kevin Adams the opportunity to do. I'm not here for fire everyone. I'm not even here for fire Granado. Same. We need to see one more season of this duo before there's moves that have to be made because the constant firing is how you end up in a playoffless cycle for 13 years. There's something to be said for the continuity, and you don't just keep people to keep people. But exactly. I do think there is something to be said for Adams and Granado. They've shown enough of, I mean, granted, we're talking no playoffs and not close to the playoffs minus last year. So I get that. I don't want to lose in culture. But I do think they seem to have the right mentality and some of the right talent and have made some moves to suggest that they're capable of building a winner. It's not going to happen until it happens, yeah. right? Give but me, give I, me an off I don't want to exit those guys. Give I, me an offseason of Adams. Give me one more uh, shot for Granado here. Let's see how at least how the end of this season goes. But for me, I need to see Kevin Adams be able to rectify his inaction from this offseason. If we get this year again next year, I think it's time, right? Yes. Uh, but let me ask you this. So this year is probably a no playoff year. We yep. get to next year. And at the end of the season, they're, we get what we had prior, where they're just one point out, but they miss. What's, what's, your, what's your instinct? I'd have to see what the rest of the league looked like. Because if it's like this year where everyone's getting loser points or winning games in overtime against teams like Boston and Toronto uh, or the Islanders, then, yeah, I can look at that and go, okay, all you got to do next time is collect those points. The Islanders have lost in overtime 12 times, by the way. They also have a negative 23 goal differential. Barf. They have 14 regulation wins. Ottawa has more regulation wins than the New York Islanders, who are at 52 points. Six more than Buffalo. Life is not fair. It's not. (laughs) So not. (laughs) All right. Well, I I, I think I'm ending it on that with the Sabres. Life is not fair. But um, at the same time, if anyone wants to talk Sabres, anything like that, 803-0551-888-552-550 as we get a chance to get connected to our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. You can talk Sabres. You can talk Bills. You can bring up anything like Bill in Old Forge on Sports Talk Saturday. Good afternoon, Bill. How you doing? Hey, guys. I hate to talk Bills because uh, I know we're still getting over that playoff loss, but I heard Diggs' latest quote, and I'm hoping as a fan, I'm hoping as a fan, that we are not going to be doing the Diggs watch all off season, just like we did last year. I was totally against what he did last year, just because of the way he pushed his way out of Minnesota. I hated what he did last off season, and it was almost like the season ended for him. It was almost karma. Um, I hope we're not doing the Diggs watch. I know a lot of fans last year gave him the benefit of the doubt because of uh, – 
whatever, they own his jersey or he had some, you know, he's a decent player and they like them or whatever. I was not one of those guys. I don't like players that rock the boat. I'm hoping we're not going to do the Diggs watch all offseason. And if he does rock the boat, you know what? I'm hoping we can dump him this year. I know we're not going to be able to, but I don't want to hear it from him. And by my opinion as a fan, he will always be remembered for the drop. I don't care what he did before that. That drop was huge in that game. And if you're getting paid that kind of money, I'm expecting you to make that catch. And he did not. And the greats do. He did not. And it's almost like he's not going to take responsibility for it. I'd like to hear him own it. And I haven't heard that from him yet. And even if he did, it wouldn't matter because he still dropped the ball. There's three guys I'm hoping won't be on this roster next year, and I know they will be because of finances, and it's Von Miller, Stephon Diggs, and Tyler Bass. I would love all three of those guys to be wiped off this roster, but I know I'm going to be unfortunate, and they will be here next, next season. Bill, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate one of those names on that list. Um, I, they desperately need to get out of the Von Miller contract, um, and they have to find a creative way to do that, and if only because also um, I don't like the allegations that were planted against him because I don't like that kind of action from a person. And while I hope that he didn't do anything that he'd be found guilty of, still not a fan of that. It's grody behavior. I don't like it. It's gross. I don't like it. I am someone that wants to add to the wide receiver room. And I'm someone that wants to be able to keep talent within the Buffalo Bills offense. And yes, he dropped the football. But I'm going to get back to more of this about the offense and Stefan Diggs and those comments on the other side here and why we're not doing this next the all next offseason. And it has to do more with us than it does with him. That's coming up here on the other side on Sports Talk Saturday. You're listening to WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 